Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza Power! That's right, when Super Giant Pizza. I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome back, everyone, to Pixel Pizza. We are on episode number three, big three, coming through. This is once again Jared, DJ Jet Set, here to take you on a ride, take you on a tour through the world of video games. It's going to be a tasty show tonight for you. We have uh, another f old friend of mine, someone I wanted to reconnect with, building on that theme we've been doing and I think you guys are really going to like this one because he is just awesome, fun dude. His name is Owen Watson. He is a big artist on the Jackbox games, which are some of the most fun games. If you haven't played them, go play them. Anyway, not a lot to say as far as preamble stuff today, but just know I got big things happening and making big moves for the show, a lot of cool guests coming up. Now we're gonna go to our musical artist of the week. This guy is called Pop Sky. Pop Sky with two Y's, P-O-P-S-K-Y-Y. So pronounce that however you want, but anyway. Great artist, excited to feature them. The intro track for us today is gonna be called Blast Off. So Blast Off, and I'll see you after the break.
welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to you just listened to the song Blast Off by our artist of the week, Pop Sky. And now for the beginning of our interview section, I am very happy to be talking with an old friend, someone who's been doing a lot of cool stuff and eager to catch up. And this is Owen Watson who's at Jackbox Games. Say hi, Owen. Hi. So yeah, I was. we were just saying it's been, what, nine years, nine probably. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, last time I saw you was at a subway during a PAX in Boston, I think. Wow, you, were, you remember better than I do. I didn't know it was this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think we were getting subway. I was with James Johnson, uh, right. and and I think we were getting subway or something or something. Yeah, that's I I couldn't remember, but that that's probably right. I I unfortunately don't remember what I ordered at. Subway. <laughs> I I probably usually go as like meatball or chicken teriyaki. So it's probably one of those two. If I had to guess the meat. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what? I do that. You know, chicken teriyaki is probably my like go-to subway sandwich. Yeah, this is a podcast about sandwiches, right? Yeah, of course. That. that was oh, great! <laughs> a form of sandwich in some places, but perfect. Okay, but yeah, getting getting on to the games, getting on to the video games. Uh, I like to start off my interviews with this question, which is, when did you know you wanted to work on games? Wow. Um, probably when I was like, I don't know, eight. Um, my sister and I always like played uh, games together. Like she, she's the main reason I'm into games and, and anything nerdy. She, she was, uh, she was old, three years older than me, but, uh, she would even pull that like trick where it's like we had an N64 and like she'd give me the controller, uh, but it wasn't plugged in. Oh, yeah, the classic trick. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure I fell for that for for a couple of years and then realized, hey, wait a minute, I'm not actually doing it. Um, but um, it's kind of funny. Video games have always sort of, you know, been a big part of my life. Um, but it kind of, I never thought I would end up working in games. Um, and it's kind of interesting, like a lot of people at Jackbox um, also never like, you know, imagined working in games. Like they always liked games, but um, you know, it, I, I was mainly in the animation industry um, before Jackbox. Um, and uh then you know i made i uh, helped make an indie game with a couple of friends and then after that i i found this job at jackbox and i've been here for six years that's so cool uh so i was curious like was there anything you did uh in animation that you feel like informed your work on games or are, are they you know similar in making or are there any differences you found um 
uh, like the industries as a whole is kind of like, um, believe it or not, like the games industry is a lot more like uh, secure. Like, you know, you you get an actual, you know, job and, and you know, uh, salary. Whereas like in animation, it's kind of harder. It's a lot of freelance stuff. Um, and I would say that like, what I do at Jackbox um, as a lead artist is kind of like, um, it's not, uh, it's very different from other um, lead artists uh, jobs at other companies um, because it, it kind of follows, um, at least the art follows like a, you know, animation pipeline. Um, and uh it's something in, in flash we use flash or i guess they rebrand animate adobe animate um but that's also what we used in animation at the studios i worked at so the tools are kind of the same um which is great for me um who knows how long adobe is going to keep uh supporting uh animate as a program but uh well, I guess we'll see. I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. So what was it like going from working on an indie project to a bigger company like Jackbox? Um, I would say, um, like, I, honestly, like, um, it, it wasn't that huge of a change because at Jackbox, you know, we make a party pack, right? And each party pack has five games. And so each of the five games has its own little team. So, you know, you're still working with, you know, four or five people, um, as opposed to like, you know, uh, working with a huge group of people. Um, so it actually was not like a hard transition um, because our, our actual game teams are, are really small. Um, so it's kind of going from, you know, a, a two-person dev team to a five-person dev team. Um, and that was not particularly, you know, different or, or that much more challenging. Oh, so, so it's like e each of the games is its own little sort of indie game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the, so, you know, every team has a lead artist, director, engineer, um sound and music um and qa uh and also a, a lead writer too which is sometimes the same as the director but yeah so like every every game team is you know like five people so yeah you know it's 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 not that different from working you know as an indie dev other than you know there's an actual company that you have to provide a product for but other than that you know it's kind of like you're honed in on your own little project. That's awesome. Uh, so I guess I should probably, I mean, I feel like most of the audience is gonna know what Jackbox is. I love it. I always bring it to parties when I could have parties with family. What are stuff, parties? Yeah. I don't... <laughs> like if you had to explain like what it is in like a couple sentences, how would you do it? Oh boy. Um, I would say that they are, um, you know, we have party packs, which is five small party games. Um, 
that you play with your phones as controllers. Um, and we have everything from trivia to drawing. Awesome. Yeah. It, it runs a wide gamut. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, is that like, since we have five games and each one has like a little team, they all look different. They all sound different. Um, they each have their own kind of personality. Um, so, so it's, it's this really great, like collaborative, uh, you know, almost like, uh, uh, Kablam. Do you ever watch Kablam? Oh yeah. Where it's just like a, a bunch of different, you know, kind of studios making stuff. Um, sometimes that's sort of what I think about when I think Jackbox, cause like all the games are so unique in their own sort of way. Yeah. Like action week now versus Prometheus. Yeah. Totally <laughs> but it, but it all fits, you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. still cohesive, which is cool. Um, it still feels like a Jackbox game. You know what I mean? Like, um, controlled chaos. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Like, the proudest uh, project you've worked on is like the one you're proudest of. Usually, the proudest project that I worked on is is my last <laughs> uh, project. So I'll I'll say job job. Um, it's it's probably the the proudest. Um, you know, we did a, I, I got to do a lot of you know character design and and a lot of acting and and stuff like that. And and I think I'm most proud of that one. How, how did you sort of develop your personal art style? So um, I, I guess I was, I was always like, you know, drawing as a kid, my dad would have those like ream, those like connected reams of paper. Um, and I would just endlessly sort of draw on them. Um, and then kind of like, um, you know, I grew up um, especially loving like, Dexter's Lab and Ren Stimpy and, you know, Powerpuff Girls. And then, you know, sort of like the internet came along, right? And like that was um, game changing because he had stuff like Newgrounds um, and, um, you know, Homestar Runner is a, is, a, is a big influence. So it's kind of like the thought of, you know, merging the two worlds of, you know, network cartoons uh and also the you know kind of like clean vector simplicity of of internet cartoons um i feel like i always sort of wanted to merge together yeah now that you mentioned that i can totally i can totally see it uh thank you <laughs> and i guess bouncing back to jackbox what i mean i don't know if I guess if it's small teams, maybe you're involved in it, but like, what are the play testing sessions like for the games? Because that seems something. Yeah. So um, we, we would always start off with like, um, like paper prototypes, like, or like on a whiteboard. Um, and basically, you know, we have like play test Fridays where, you know, anyone can bring in an idea that they want to try out for a game. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're an artist, if you're an engineer, if you're in QA, anyone can bring, you know, something to the table and, and test it out, um, which is really cool because um, it's a very sort of collaborative environment. Um, and so, so basically, you know, like we're all, we're, you know, we're all gameplay testers and, 
you know, we play, we play all the prototypes and kind of fish out which ones need a little bit more work, which ones would never work in a million years. <laughs> and then ones that are like, oh, I could see this as a game. And then we kind of move on from there. Um, and then, you know, uh, our, our leadership team at the end of the day decides on, you know, which one of the prototypes uh, gets greenlit. Um, but, um, you know, since, since uh, COVID, um, testing uh, party games that, you know, were originally intended to be played in the same room, um, you know, at, at first it was, a, it, it was a struggle trying to figure out, you know, how, how to do this because, you know, like before a writer could just write on some cards and pass them out. Right. Um, but now there needs to be an element of at least, you know, some sort of interface, um, you know, like for instance, um, I think job job started out as like a slideshow presentation that, um, you know, we, we just kind of play tested in, in a Google sheets, um, and kind of tried to develop it from there. Um, but, um, I mean, so far I think it's, it, it's worked out. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially for you guys, the adaptations you've had to make because of the pandemic would be. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, the original intent of, you know, especially some of the, the earlier party packs was, you know, to be in a room with a bunch of people, which uh, who knows when that's going to happen <laughs> again. Um, so, you know, when, when the pandemic started, um, a lot of people started playing them over zoom and, you know, uh, and kind of, you know, so we, we, projects that we were currently working on we sort of had to pivot a little bit and make it a little more streaming friendly um because you know we didn't and thank god we did because you know like we didn't know when the pandemic was was going to end um <laughs> and we're still here um but you know like it it, it is a little bit of a pivot like really thinking and considering like the core of this game is still a bunch of people in the same room, but it also has to be just as enjoyable over Zoom. Um, so like that balance is 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 sometimes complicated for sure. Right, because you could have just a big family playing it together at home, or it could be something that's played in the future whenever this ends, so. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like, also, you know, people with large, like, Twitch audiences, you know, um, that was, you know, uh, we've always had um, sort of an audience uh, feature where the audience can sort of play along. We've had that since Party Pack 3. Um, and then we kind of, we're kind of pushing the boundaries on that to make it more interactive for the audience. So the audience can directly you know change something on the screen or vote to assemble a certain thing um so we definitely also have you know twitch streamers in mind too yeah i think streaming is so interesting as like a shared experience i, I have this 
it's stupid, but it's a theory. I've always thought that like Twitch streaming is the closest thing that video games have to like a live theater experience because it's something that like a bunch of people are communally seeing the same thing and reacting to it. And you don't get that just with like single player gaming or when it's online gaming, but it's not shared. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, like, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, it, it has, you know, for me, it sometimes it, it feels a little more special than even, you know, like a, a live theater because, you know, like you, you really get that sort of interaction um, that you, that you wouldn't normally, you know, if, if you're seeing a show or something, you know, like you can, you can throw in some emojis that automatically disappear because everyone else is <laughs> also posting emojis, but you know, it, it's kind of like you get that communication um and that's sort of what we we try to do at jackbox is kind of like you know make the audience also feel like they're they're involved and they're they're participating yeah that's that's great that's really adds a lot to it having that meaningful engagement all right so we are gonna take a quick musical break stay right there owen but we are gonna be playing the next song by our artist pop sky this is called shy guys so take a listen and we will see you after the break. just listened to Shy Guys by Pop Sky and we are back with Owen Watson and we are talking about Jackbox and games and his thoughts and yeah here we are. 
Hello again. <laughs> uh, so I know you mentioned that like outside of like the art stuff, you've also, you know, contributed here and there in other parts of the game. Like you said you did some voices for it. What was that like? Um, so, so that was more like, uh, like in terms of like character acting, um, oh. was it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I might've done like, um, some voices in, you don't know, Jack full stream and trivia murder party, like, like very short, you know, Oh, like, did you like do those voices? Like when a person logs in and puts their name up and there's like a scream or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I am I'm one of I'm one of the screens, and uh, I think I'm in like two or three of the the fake commercials for you don't on you don't know Jack, um, which you know when when we made that one it would you know we were all in the studio and it, the writers would just you know write something they thought was funny and then just pull anyone they could into the recording booth and just kind of be like read this. <laughs> That's great. And you have a history with fake commercials. You did that one, I remember, for Beef Town, where it was like the Zelda takeoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, when you ask me what's the most thing I'm, I'm proud of, uh, I would definitely say my acting in uh, that particular commercial. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of what's the awards that they do for ads? I forget. Um, oh, um, I should know this because my my best friend just won one uh, oh, a couple wow. weeks ago. So um, I look like a total asshole now. But <laughs> um, Evie, are they Evies? Yeah, I think Evie sounds about right. Okay. So yes. I knew it the whole time, yeah. <laughs> If not, I will fact-check myself. <laughs> this is the fact-checking police. We have interrupted this broadcast because there was an incorrect fact presented. The advertising awards are known as the Cleos, not the Evies. Now you know that is the fact. Now return to your regularly scheduled Pixel Pizza broadcast. Beautiful. Okay. So, how, how would you say you've seen the series change in the time that you've worked on it because there's been a bunch of games come out. Yeah, I like every year we we get a little bit more ambitious. Um, like, um, you know, and it's not necessarily from, you know, uh, the leadership of the company. It's, you know, individuals on the team kind of want to push themselves and their work further. Um, so, um, you know, in, in terms of the art, like for me, um, they, they never had a on-screen uh, talking host. Um, you know, it's always been, you know, like just a, just a disembodied voice kind of walking you through the game and talking to you. Um, and with Party, Party Pack 5, I really wanted to make the the first on-screen jackbox host um which i did and then you know uh every year since uh, you know i've tried to push it a little bit more and and kind of like have more 
you know, characters and, and more sort of, uh, you know, interesting, fun little visuals that, you know, most people won't notice, but <laughs> the very few that do, um, I, I hope enjoy. Yeah, definitely. It adds a lot to it. It adds a lot to the aesthetic and the setting and getting into it when you have a host there. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm playing to, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, I, I used to do in, in the animation industry, you know? Um, so it, it was cool to sort of pull more of that in, um, and kind of, you know, have, have people, you know, react to, you know, uh, a cartoon host, um, which is amazing. We get, we get a lot of fan art or our, our fans make beautiful, beautiful fan art. Um, some that personally, I think way better than whatever I did, but, <laughs> um, but it's always really cool to see. And, and, um, you know, it, it, I think I'm trying to think usually in in a party pack if there's an on-screen host it is the game that i was uh uh lead artist on um oh were you lead artist on joke boat joke boat yep that was a really good one thank you thank you <laughs> it's hard it, that that's a hard one to to play personally yeah i i, I struggle with that <laughs> i guess in general, like, what would you say is like, what separates like good, like a good art style or just good art in a game from like, not, not so great art? You know, it's, um, honestly, it like after, after, you know, six years, I'm still slowly trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, but you know, like, it's always a balance, right? It's like, you know, usability, you know, is this concept clear? Um, are people understanding it? Is, you know, uh, how many elements are on the screen? Is this character moment that's beautiful and really, you know, fun? Is it screwing up the pacing of the game? Is it necessary? You know, um, so it's like, Honestly, it's a it's a just a balancing act of you know UI UX, you know pretty visuals, character animation. You know, it, it's just like a, a a delicate balance that you know if if it's wrong, it's immediately you immediately can tell that it's wrong. Um, even people that know nothing about it can see something is wrong or something's not working right um they don't know why but um you know like so it's it's really trying to nail down that that balance yeah i can see that are there any like, really good examples of games you've played where you feel like the art style was really well communicated and well done i'm i'm always um i'm always really really just so impressed by WarioWare um, yeah. because, you know, not only each mini game has its own, 
you know, kind of fun visual style, but you kind of know how to play the mini games without knowing how to play the mini games. Um, so like, A, it looks cool and B, it's very clear on what you sort of have to do. Um, and if you don't know what to do, it has, you know, three words uh, on the screen, like slide it this way or slide to the left or whatever. And you completely, totally understand what to do. You don't need, you know, it, 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 it straight up is clear and concise and it's just, all that stuff looks beautiful. That's a really good example, especially because, you know, as you're playing, it can get so fast and so frantic. And yet at the same time, even when a new prompt pops up, you know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, when I, whenever I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get inspired or, you know, something's not working right. Sometimes I will just play WarioWare mm -hmm. and kind of be like, okay, well, this is this is a new mechanic they're trying to teach me in you know maybe less than a second um how are they doing that um and you know we don't we don't do like you know uh typical platformers or or stuff like that but you know it, it's still relevant you know in terms of like what do you need to know and how can you display that in a cool way while also being functional? For sure. What's something about your process uh, that nobody knows? Um, a lot of it um, is sort of um, just panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then once I get over the panic, you know, I'm able to actually get stuff done but it's a it, you know like i feel like especially you know when when you're the one creating these characters and and you know these layouts and stuff like that you know um it's intimidating um and so it's kind of like coming coming to terms with that and then being able to, to perform your job <laughs> um so i would say most of it is worrying and uh doing stuff that is not working uh for a majority of the production and then kind of cracking it and then it just kind of flows what techniques would you say you have for sort of getting over that initial worry and panic because it's totally a real thing yeah i i mean you know like sometimes you know like I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, well, <laughs> this is it. I, I, I got no more ideas, but I don't know. Um, so honestly, the best thing is, you know, take a break, like watch a movie, you know, play, get inspired. And, and Jackbox is great because, you know, yeah, that's encouraged, you know, like if, if you're having an off, art day, you know, um, make sure you do all the things you're required to do for that day, but also, you know, like, you know, pull resources, you know, do what you need to do in order to sort of get inspired. So it, it, it really is kind of like a really openly creative process, which is, which is really cool. Um, 
because you know i i feel like i'm lucky because a lot of places aren't like that you know it's a little more structured uh in that way and um you know it it it's hard it's hard to be creative in in sort of a super structured environment so um i'm lucky that like jackbox kind of gives the freedom to you know screw around and see what works um or take your mind off of it and come back but make sure you get all your stuff done when it needs to be done yeah that's cool how they're structured a little unconventionally so what would you say your hopes are for 2022 for either personal or for like the industry as a whole um i mean I, it, it's funny it's funny. <laughs> like like thinking about the industry as like a whole uh right now is is kind of funny because it's like all the studios like now are owned by either Microsoft or Sony. Well, that's right. Um, and it's kind of like, I hope there's sort of less of that. Um, like, I, I feel like, I feel like it's not great for, for the industry as a whole, um, mm -hmm. you know, cause, cause, you know, a lot of players lose out on experiences. Not everyone can buy an Xbox and a PlayStation um so it's just kind of like you know uh, i i hope whatever these these companies are doing they they still kind of keep developing for the competition which i know will probably i know some of them have said that but i don't know <laughs> yeah, it could be a false promise yeah right and yeah it's kind of like what you were saying earlier as well you know the more that companies are acquiring and consolidating the less there is of that i don't want to say less structured but less creatively free work environments yeah exactly so yeah we'll see see how things pan out but it's definitely an interesting time and i uh, i mean for 2022 for you as a creator um I um I want to um so I'm actually learning um Game Boy Studio. I don't know if Ooh. you're familiar or not. Like um okay. Uh, uh, is it like developing games for Game Boy? Is it uh, is it connected to Chiptune? So it um it's this this program and it's it's all very um visual based, which um which is is great, you know, for me because like I I can't code. I know some action script when I need to place it in Adobe Flash, um, but like beyond that, you know, I I I don't know much. Um, but Game Boy Studio is really cool because it's a program. It's all you know, it's all visual, and you can make little Game Boy games. Um, and you can actually put them on a flash cart or like a, a, a analog pocket um, and, and play, you know, your little Game Boy game that, that you made. Um, it's really cool. So I, I, I'm hoping to, to play around more with that and kind of, you know, just, just make, make some stuff for myself. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's really easy to, you know, kind of like 
just get caught up in, you know, what, what I'm doing, you know, professionally a Jackbox. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to just have some time to kind of make a little project for myself. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm sure it's satisfying to like create something and then see it on that hardware, especially that hardware where like games aren't really being made for it anymore. Yeah. And, and it's cool because there's this whole, you know, community that's kind of growing right now. Um, Cause the analog pocket just came out and you can put the games right on the pocket. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of people, um, you know, learning this, that the Homestar Runner guys actually just um, made something and made a, made a Trogdor Game Boy uh, game. Um, and, and, you know, so it's like, it's like this really cool, fun little tool um, that's very approachable. Um, so, uh, so that honestly, I'm really excited about, you know, making, making a Game Boy Color game. That, that's awesome. Did you see that game that uh, Yacht Club just announced where it's like, it's not a Game Boy Color game, but it's in that very specific aesthetic style? No, I haven't. What, uh, what's it called? It's called Mina the Burrower or something. It's, yeah, it's like, it's like a little mouse. It looks like kind of Secret of Nim style, but the pixel art is all they're trying to do specifically Game Boy Color style Ooh. because that's making a comeback i mean it, it's i mean they're they're uh shovel knight they, they oh, did yeah. shovel knight right yeah that, i mean that game is gorgeous so i i'm sure they uh that game looks amazing i'm gonna look it up right after this <laughs> gotcha. it's really cool and the only other question i have maybe you'll have some good opinions on this being in Chicago is what is your favorite pizza place? So it's really hard for me um, because, uh, you know, I grew up and spent a majority of my life uh, on the Jersey shore. uh, And so like, we basically had, you know, like runoff New York pizza. Um, So that's the pizza I grew up with. It is the, um, in my eyes, it is the only pizza. Uh, here they do something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing here. Um, deep dish is good if you don't think of it as pizza. Oh, okay. The second you think you, you the second you're like thinking, I want pizza. Let me get a deep dish. You're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Um, because it, 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 it's very different from, you know, New York pizza, which is the best pizza. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, what about you? Where, where your pizza alignments? Um, yeah, definitely. I think New York has it locked down, especially now being in LA, I haven't been able to find anything that comes close. Yeah. Say there was this place in New York that I really liked called Two Boots. And they had, it's like a small chain. There's maybe like two or three of them across the city, but they have lots of really interesting sort of topping combinations. Yeah, it was just really well made. But I mean, I do really, 
I really want to go to Chicago because I want to try deep dish. I really want to see Second City live when they're doing that again. And I really want to go to Galloping Ghost. Um, so I would say if you're if you're gonna do like a deep dish, uh, Lou Malnati's is is the place to go. Um, oh. It's like a it's like a chain here, um, but it it uh, that's the deep dish that that some people will say Pequods. Um, I'm a Lou Malnati's guy. Um, Second City is a blast. I uh, I. I yeah, I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're doing shows right now or not. Um, TV isn't so. Yeah, um, but it, it, it's kind of funny because like a lot of the uh, Jackbox writers, um, you know, are, are you know Second City uh, people. So uh, like the improv scene is just all over, and you know spans spans many uh chicago uh companies and industries that's awesome yeah and i feel like there is a lot of improv dna in a lot of the jackbox games yeah i mean and you know our writers are are are, are amazing um and then you know they're all they're always funny um with the with the amount of content they have to make too it's like it, it's super impressive like how many facts or questions are there in like one game of Vivage? Uh, you know, I <laughs> I don't know. I I I will say Trivia Murder Party when pack when Paxes used to be a thing. <laughs> um, you know, we had the Jackbox stage, which was just this little corner usually by food court. Uh, where we'd have a whole projector screen and just run Jackbox games all day um, for anyone to come by and sit on like a sumo bean bag and, mm-hmm. and play Jackbox. Um, and Trivia Murder Party is a game I've, I've seen so much of, <laughs> so many hours, and I'm still seeing new questions. <laughs> wow. Um, so I don't know the I don't know the amount, um, but like you know, I'm constantly surprised by how much content uh, there is. That's really cool. That, yeah, that must take a lot of work. Yeah. So that's all the questions I had. If if there was anything else you were interested in chatting about, totally I'm sure the listeners would be happy to hear it. Um, other than me insulting. Uh, everywhere but new york and new jersey's pizza i think i'm i think i'm set (laughs) all right good everybody just as we were wrapping up the talk with owen and wrapping up the show we our internet's kind of mutually stopped working there was a big crash on zoom it sucked but still wanted to share with you all owen told me that his twitter is at baby pop dipstick so go check out all the cool art and update stuff he shows there because it's great. I love it. And we're going to leave you off until next week. Say goodbye with our third and final song from Pop Sky. And that is called Come On Up. So I'll have all of those links 
in the podcast description. As usual, support our artist, support our interviewee, and we'll see you all next week. Enjoy. Bye.